0: And now, Father, I pray, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. Open our hearts to your word. May your word be spoken, Lord, and your word alone received. I ask in Christ's name. Amen. Being prepared is important. I've learned that in life. I learned that in the Army. I learned it again in law practice and It stood me reasonably well as a priest to be prepared. It's really important. On the other hand, it's not everything. In other words, you still have to get through the day, right? I mean, you're prepared, but you still got to do the thing. I have a story that illustrates this. I've got a a story about Fred, the Broadway actor. He he was out of work. He'd been out of work for quite a while. Previous star of the Broadway stage, living up in New Haven, Connecticut, waiting for the phone to ring. And sure enough, one day, his agent calls and says, hey, there's a spot open for you. It's a great play. It's on Broadway. It's very popular. And uh, they need somebody. Uh, Are you interested? And Fred says, sure, yeah, sure, what? And the agent says, well, here's the thing. It's only one line. It's just one line. But you will be on the Broadway stage. Your name will be up in lights again. And it's a shot. So will you do it? And he says, well, one line. I guess so, and the agent says, well, here's the other thing. You've got to be here tonight. It's, it's this evening. They need you tonight. Can you, can you make it? So Fred says, sure, I uh, can grab the train down. So he does. He takes the train down from New Haven, and all the way down, he's practicing. Hark. I hear, the, I hear the cannons roar. That's the line. Hark. I hear the cannons roar. Hark. I hear the cannons roar. You know, the people on the train are looking like, this is nuts. But anyway, he's all the way down. Track. Hark! I hear the cannons roar. In the cab, in the subway. Hark! I hear the cannons. All, okay, so he shows up. In the, he's, he gets there on time. He's backstage. Stage manager says, here, throw this cloak on. This is your costume. Uh, that's all you need, and I'll give you a cue. And when I give you the cue, you go out through the curtains and deliver your line." So, hark, I hear the cannons roar. And so, finally, the stage manager points him, you're on. He walks out on the stage, and just as he walks out, there's this enormous explosion in the air. Boom, as Kendall would say. And Fred says, What the heck was that? <laughs> he didn't really say, What the heck was that? But that's what, that's what we say. <laughs> okay, my point being prepared is good. Right? But you still got to kind of get through whatever is is you're going through. You got you to gotta get through it. We still have to face the day. And we've been being prepared. Jesus has been teaching us with parables. And lots of it, it's about uh, the, the end times. We had last week the wheat and the weeds. I was over at Daniel Island. I missed Kendall's uh, uh, exposition of that, but I'll tell you my exposition this morning just quickly. The, the wheat and the weeds, they're both, why is there evil in the world? Why, why do we have evil in the midst of, if God's almighty and all powerful, why? Evil, and Jesus explains it. We're going to have evil and good side by side together, weeds and wheat growing together in the field. Why? Because we don't want an early harvest, and why? Because I would submit to you that's because weeds can become wheat. They're, in the parable they're symbolic of people and we know people a, a weed can't become a weed but people, unsaved people can be saved And so God doesn't want to preempt their salvation so he doesn't do any weeding we allows evil to exist side by side in the world it's a good thing because I was a weed for quite a while in my life and maybe you were too okay so that's the wheat and the weeds but it's a great preparation for the end times we can see where we're going there's this time coming when evil's going to be eradicated and then J- jesus gives us that the fifth there are five parables this morning and that's the fifth one the, f- the net thrown into the sea catches good fish and bad fish and in the end they're separated out the good are saved, preserved good purpose the evil are thrown into the fire i don't know about you but gnashing of teeth just doesn't seem like that much fun to me i i Maybe the dentists like it, but at any rate, it's not good. So we're prepared for the future, it's, it, it, it leaves, but it leaves a question about today, right? We've got evil in our midst, injustice, disease, suffering, death. They're all going to be erased at the end. That's wonderful, but how do I get through today? I'm prepared for the future, but if good and evil befall the righteous and the sinner alike, then what good is the kingdom of heaven? Do you ever think that way? If I'm a Christian, a citizen of the kingdom right now, and my child dies, or my spouse, or my marriage fails, or I'm fired unjustly, or robbed, or betrayed, or falsely accused, then what good is this kingdom? High in the sky, by and by. Why bother? And I think that's what's going on today with our lesson. Jesus is the perfect teacher, and here we have four parables thrown into the midst between the the wheat and the weeds and the fish the end times pictures, four parables of today four parables of the good of the kingdom of God today in this life, this afternoon first uh, two are the mustard seed and the leaven and there's good news here the good news is that our world We have both the good and the evil, and the kingdom of heaven, the good, is growing. It's growing like the mustard seed. Tiny little seed starts out, but it blooms into this enormous tree. The kingdom of God is expanding rapidly and exponentially. It grows inexorably, and it it spreads into everything. You put a little bit in, in in the three lumps of dough, and it leavens the whole thing. It's growing and it's spreading and it's, it's it's not stoppable. And so Satan, yes, has been busy sowing evil, but God is busier sowing good, growing good, expanding the kingdom, spreading it into everything through the likes of us, and it's good. There's goodness in these illustrations. Some mustard Seed grows into the mustard tree, which is good. It's good for shade. It's good for shelter. It's good for refuge amidst the weeds of life. And leaven, well, I don't know. How about you? I'm not a big fan of flatbread. I like a good yeast roll, maybe with cinema. You know what I mean? That's, in other words, the kingdom of God is like adds texture and richness to life. We get not tough flatbread. We get we get a, a comfort food in the kingdom. And next come the parable of the treasure in the field and the pearl of great price. And Jesus' point here is: the, this is the kingdom today. This is the kingdom in this life. It's worth everything. It is of incalculable value today, right now. Worth giving up everything we have in this life to get it. <laughs> Better to live in the kingdom of heaven today with nothing else than to have the riches that this life offers. And so if we ask why there, well, Jesus doesn't really spell it out, but our lectionary compilers and in their infinite wisdom gave us the answer in the epistle today. This happens, you know, sometimes they play with each other. The lessons, this is one of those days, The epistle answers the question, what good of the kingdom of heaven today? Because Paul here, this is a good memory passage, by the way, this passage from Romans 8. Paul here gives us a powerful litany of the blessings of the kingdom today. And what he says is, well, it's got lots of parts. I'll just run through them in order. He says in the kingdom, if we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is within us, and the Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray. I don't know if you've experienced that in your life. I certainly have, not knowing what to pray or how to pray in a situation. The Holy Spirit will teach us. And more than that, he helps us in our weakness. He prays for us. He prays effectively because he knows the will of the one who searches the heart. In other words, he knows the Father's will and he prays in accordance and will teach us to do the same. Furthermore, for those in the kingdom, Jesus himself is interceding for us. I don't know. We, I don't, you, you get it, right? We can't live without that. What do we do with today's sin? <laughs> this morning's sin? We're going to come and confess it. We're forgiven. Why? Because the, the Lord continues to intercede for us. Yes, He died once for all for the, right, the righteous, for the unrighteous, to bring us to faith. But the ongoing sin, covered with His intercession, sitting at the right hand of the Father, asking the Father for those things. We're not smart enough to ask for or that we don't deserve. We know we don't deserve and so we won't ask for. Jesus is there interceding for us. Today, knowing our real needs, knowing our future. And yes, in the kingdom, in God's kingdom now in this life, we're going to experience the evils of this world. But Paul says God will take all of that, everything in our life, all the mess of our life, everything that befalls us, and turn it to good. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's like off the scale. Yes, there's evil in this world. Yeah, there are weeds there, but the Lord is using them, will use them in our lives. If we love him and are called according to his purpose, he will use them for the ultimate good in our lives. I have an illustration, some friends of ours. Becky and I, they go back to when I started law practice. I was, you know, 50 years ago. And uh, Tam and Greg Smith and uh, they lost a child born the same year our first child was born uh, Linwood died at age 9 leukemia and they had to watch that diagnosis was at age 2 and then they had 7 more years before he passed horrible grief but that grieving period that loss, that time that they had that was part of their decision to have a third child they had a son and they had a daughter and then they weren't going to do any more, but then when Linwood got sick, they decided to have a third child, Spencer. He's our godson. And Spencer and his sister Blair and their children, the grandchildren, are just a delight of Tam and Greg's lives, along with the Lord, their faith. I'm telling you this because they'd be if they were here, they would tell you the same thing, and I have their permission, by the way, they would tell you the same thing. That God took that awful crisis, that grief, that loss, and turned it to the great blessing of them and their family. Yes, they still grieve, but they've got the blessing. And there's more blessing in the kingdom today. Paul says that God is for us. Aren't we glad <laughs> that God Almighty is for us and not against us? He's called us, Paul says. He's on our side, he justifies us, he's glorifying us into the image and likeness of his Son, he's forming in us a Christ-like character, that is, if we let him, that's the work of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know the list, and God is doing that in us as we are open to his work in our hearts, as we give him permission. And then to top it off, Paul says, not only is God for us and gave his Son for us as payment for our sin but then he says along with him along with Jesus Christ God will graciously give us all things that's a pretty big sentence now it's all maybe doesn't mean everything in other words I wanted a Ferrari since I was 13 years old right (laughs) true confession my dad brought one home when i was 13 i fell in love with a car and i've always wanted a ferrari i'm never going to have a ferrari god is not giving me a ferrari <laughs> he's giving me all things i agree i think he has given me all things but i look at that as he's giving me all things that are good for me he's, he's giving me all things that are in the center of his will for me a ferrari ain't one of them and that's that's god's wisdom you know what i'm saying but all things so solomon is our illustration this morning our reading from first king solomon god comes to him in a dream and it says solomon what do you want and well solomon's just been made king he's following a, a tough act david his father and he knows he's humble he he knows that he doesn't have what it takes i love this expression i'm a child i don't know how to go out or come in there's one like that in, in, in Jonah they, people in Nineveh, they didn't know their right hand from their left, what God is saying is that they're clueless, Solomon's saying I'm clueless, I'm not fit to be a good king, I don't have the skills for that and so he asks God for wisdom and understanding, discernment so he can rule God's people justly and righteously and rightly and God, no surprise is pleased because Solomon wants to be, most of all a good godly king and so God gives him wisdom, matchless wisdom. What is this experience? It's endless as it's sand on the seashore, discernment. And then he says, because you didn't ask for wealth or honor or a long life for yourself, I'll give you that too. All things. Same lesson that Paul is saying, except the gift that God gives the Son, the blood shed for us, and God will along with him give us graciously all things, except the Ferrari. (laughs) Remember Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So bottom line this morning, it's a wonderful, infinite worth that someday we're going to end up when Christ comes, you and I have folks that know Jesus Christ and love him, we're going to end up in the kingdom of heaven, harvested like wheat spending eternity with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forever, shining like the sun, glorified, and better than that evil will be destroyed. But my point this morning is that the kingdom of heaven is of infinite worth now in this life today after 1130 or so shelter from the storm the Holy Spirit within us to lead us to guide to pray for us and with us through us Jesus praying for us God for us who takes all the mess of our lives and works it together for good we love him and are called according to his purpose and then takes the mess of our lives and turns it to good. The pearl of great price, of infinite worth. And all we need to do is receive it. All we need to do is respond to the Lord. I would suggest, as Solomon did, humbly admitting our need, seeing the worth of the kingdom in our life, recognizing the storms that are around us and the ability of God to deal with that seek Christ God will add the rest if you're struggling today and who isn't if the weeds seem to be winning if we're not experiencing the joy of the kingdom of heaven day by day and my suggestion is simple uh, I'd ask for a show of hands but You know what it is. It's my same suggestion every Sunday. This suggestion is prayer. This is my same suggestion at the end of all my. Why do I do that? Because it works. It's what God gives us to ask Him, to pray, to pray. Ask the Lord to give you more of a sense of his presence and his love and his direction, more of a sense of, of the kingdom going on around you, to show you his shelter that he's prepared for you for the storm, the mustard tree. To ask him to, to pray through you, Holy Spirit, come, show me how to pray, teach me how to pray, pray through me. Ask the Father to give you wisdom. Solomon's not the only one that could use it. To give you insight, and particularly into how he's going to take the problems of your life and turn them to good. He's made all of these promises to us who are in the kingdom of heaven. So pray for their fulfillment. Pray with me, please. Lord God, I thank you for your encouragement, Lord, for your promises, for all that you have done for us and will do. We give you thanks and praise. Keep us, Lord, grateful for all your mercies. In Christ's name, amen.